Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the king of horror, Andy G. Welcome you back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week from 2005, Constantine, directed by Francis Lawrence. But before we get to all that, we have some stuff to talk about. Evil Dead Rise, Mandalorian, Horror News, Dean's not here, so we have free reign. But first and foremost, the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Hello, hello, everybody. What is going on tonight? All right. Happy to have you back here for this episode of the show. And, of course, we're joined by the psychotic simian, the Prince Memoir's Day. Yes. Get funky with the monkey. Yes. Hey, there, my face and all hounds. I am Anthony Michael Hall. It's <laughs> 9 o'clock, so it must be talking terror time, baby. Your favorite time of the week when we, your boo crew, come in your ears with the latest horror news, nerdgasms, and movie reviews. But if you missed us live, don't worry, screamings, you can get, we got you covered. Because every single episode of Talking Terror is available to you for free on Spotify and iTunes. Just remember to share the love, baby, and make sure... You and all of your friends follow Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram. What's up, my family? What's up? In silence. <laughs> hey, I said hey. <laughs> I said hey. Uh, glad to have you back. We're going to be talking about Constantine, your film pick later on the show. And you know, speaking of Moore's Day, I actually watched Graffiti Bridge on Sunday again. That movie's just not good. <laughs> again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched it once, and then it was on HBO, and I'm like, oh, I have nothing to do. I'm kind of lazy Sundaying it, and I watched it, and I was like, man, this is just not a sequel to Purple Rain. <laughs> it's supposed to be, no. but it is uh, its own fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it just does not have the, the the same vibes that Purple Rain had, and yeah, more stay like they just they they just did them dirty in that movie, man. They really did. You know, Prince Terrible. was just like, fuck you, fuck you, stealing all the screen time and making everybody like you more than me. I'm going to sit there and write you a <laughs> shitty pot. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to cut you completely part. out of the next movie, and I'm going to steal your character. <laughs> yes, I am, because she likes a pillow under her ass. Yes, she does. <laughs> oh, Under the Cherry Moon, where he was just playing more yep. the entire fucking movie? <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Even had Jerome Benton in there. <laughs> yeah, had, J- had Jerome as his man. And it's like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Prince, it's like Prince, he wanted so bad. Man, that's there. cold. <laughs> yeah. the only way he could. And then he does Graffiti Bridge, and he's like, I found religion, guys, and I'm going to put it all over this movie. Great. Uh. <laughs> Can we just watch Purple Rain again? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it, it's such a bad movie. I felt bad for Mars Day. <laughs> He's getting nothing to do. He's just like a secondary character. But um, that's a lazy Sunday movie, though. That's a perfect way to do it. Because you don't have to pay attention to it. <laughs> just let it play in the background. 
you know, while you lay on the couch, you know, maybe, you know, nursing a hangover. <laughs> uh, but, yes, we do have a lot to talk about with horror news. Of course, uh, I want to talk about Evil Dead Rise. But I wanted to give the monkey and the ghoul the floor first because uh, 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 I think it's season two, three, four. I don't know. Um, but uh, it, it ended. It's a season. Yes, it is a season that did end. Yes, you are quite right, King. <laughs> it did. It started and then it finished. Uh, but I wanted to give you guys a floor because it ended, so now you guys can kind of talk a lot of, uh, a little bit and uh, what you thought about it, what you're looking forward to for season three, if there's going to be a season three. I don't know. Um, but go ahead, guys. Go the floor. I'm going to go sit back. Yes, there is a season three because season three just wrapped up. Thank you, King. <laughs> and oh, yeah, what season here three? we okay. are. Season three of The Mandalorian. And, yeah, we have the continued adventures of Grogu and Shiny Head <laughs> going through the expanded Star Wars universe. And uh, it's fun to sit there and go through these episodes. I, I had fun with the season, but at the same time, like, I don't know about you, but it's like, I felt like this season, though, was a little disjointed compared to seasons one and two, um, especially because we had some points in the season where they took us way the fuck off course <laughs> and completely took us out of our groove, and I just wasn't too keen also on the whole fucking IG-88 thing. I mean, the IG-11 thing. Because uh, I know we we got to find a new way for the little dude to get around and shit like that, but I was not digging <laughs> Grogu's new set of wheels, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do agree that the season was disjointed. So, like, I know this is season three of The Mandalorian, right? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is the fourth season of this universe. Because Bo Book of Boba Fett, needs to be watched in order to understand some of the things that are going on. Like my buddy Tino yep. just finally started season three and I get a message from him shortly thereafter. And he's like, what the fuck is Grogu doing there? And I'm like, did you watch book? And he's like, no, I go, well, now you gotta go back, back and watch book, which is what I told you. <laughs> um, so, so, Oh, disjointed. Yeah, you know what? Look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to throw it right out there. I was not the biggest a fan of this season. I thought this season had some decent strong points, but for the most part, I felt quite let down by this. You know, this was not The Mandalorian. This was The Mandalorians. You know, I feel like it was the fucking, like, watching the Brady Bunch. You know, like, I needed to, to see all these various fucking sects of the Mandalorian culture and the race, and we're going to take back the fucking planet. This was Bo, you know, fucking Bo-Katan's fucking season, man. Um, yep. This, that could have been its own series. You know, and maybe that's, maybe yeah. Disney didn't have faith in that being a series that anybody would watch. But So they were like, hey, we'll just tie it to Mando since, well, we don't quite have anything else to do with them right now. I liked those first two seasons of Mando because what I said from the start was this took it back to what Star Wars originally was, a Western in space. 
And that's what I thought yeah. we were getting with the Mandalorian, you know? Just some bounty hunter goodness, some fucking random... It was like Firefly. You know what I mean? It was like, just just give us real yes. basic stories, basic plot lines, and, and just let Mando be Mando doing Mando things, you know? And cool, we got Grogu, who's this flourishing fucking Force-sensitive child. Um... I don't think the IG-11 body thing is going to last very long. I, I'm sure most people, just like us, were kind of annoyed with it. It was cute for like a hot minute, you know? No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. But just like any fucking child, you know, it's cute when they first start saying those words, but after they say it a thousand times, you want to punch the little fuckers, you know? Um, yeah. And I know we typically try to go spoiler-free with shit, but guess what, everybody? This no, is fuck over. it. So if no, you fuck watch it. it, you know, fuck it. That, that is what it is. <laughs> Obviously, it. I don't think what's-his-name is dead. Fucking, uh, you know, he was wearing the dark armor, man. So that shit's going to protect him from some fucking fire. Uh, let's be Moth realistic Gideon. here. You know, plus he's, he's, he's too fucking good. Yes, Moff Gideon. He, he's too good of a character. He's too good of an actor to just simply brush him off the fucking show like that. Um, plus, we had a whole bunch of tanks of fucking clones in there, too. So I, I, I know they're just trying to kind of tie into other things within the Star Wars universe. They're trying to make the Star Wars universe bigger and, and bring all this other stuff in. We've got Ahsoka coming out soon. Um, yeah, I, I ultimately was just kind of like flat on the season. But like I said, it had some great moments. Uh, but overall, yeah, I was kind of like, eh. I was glad when it was done. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate to you know be like that about the Mandalorian because again, all excited about this show, you know, really enjoyed seasons one and two, but then you had those two episodes where, um, you know, the the one that mainly took place on Coruscant with Moff Gideon's communications officer, and that took me way the fuck off because it was just it's completely own episode of the weird-ass shit that's going on, you know, of them trying to rehabilitate former Imperial soldiers and, you know, bring them into the fold and all that kind of stuff. It was a good episode. It was a good science fiction story, but it wasn't... It didn't belong in The Mandalorian, in in my opinion. Like, it it completely took me out of the storyline. Like, that that was, like, like the first of... It's interesting stuff, you know what I mean? And that is stuff that I do want to know. I want to know from what – I want to know about the ashes that the First Order came out of. You know, how is it that the First Order that we're going to see, you know, when when we get back into our our next trilogy, you know, the one that follows the original trilogy – like, how is it that, that this, this new republic, you know, everybody was so fucking happy that the empire was taken down. We had dancing. We had fireworks. We had fucking nub-nub and all that shit going on, you know? Bring it down the statues. <laughs> you know, exactly, you know? Like, how is it that all of a sudden there's this whole other order now that's flying around in fucking, you know, major starships, you know, commanded by fucking, you know, Hux. And, and fucking, you know, Darth Vader's grandkid, and people are like, yeah, hey, you know, they're, they're fighting them. What, what, what are we going to say? They're, 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 they're the new Rebel Alliance, I guess, you know. But we don't see that in those movies. We never get any of that information. So we're starting to at least see trickles of that coming in here. You know, we're seeing that the Imperials were still around. We're seeing that they were infiltrating. We're seeing how they carried the, their, their way through. 
But yes, that was not a story for the Mandalorian. That is like, you know, hey, let's make a Star Wars anthology series. Like a, you know, like a Twilight Zone yes. or a Black Mirror or something like that. And we're going to have Star Wars stories. And that's an episode that fits perfectly in that. But again, I do think a lot of this stuff is trying to set up other series or other, like, you know, movies that they're eventually going to do. So who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's where they're going. I don't know. I don't know. It was like, you know, yeah. it, was, it was confusing. And, then, and it was frustrating. And then the other one, you know, completely frustrated me and the diva was the, the fucking, when they go to visit the, the world where the, the droids are pretty much in charge of everything. And it was the fucking guest star episode. You know, <laughs> we got fucking Jack Black. We got uh, Izzo. We, we got... Uh, Christopher Lloyd. That was? We, we got that was Lizzo. Lizzo. Oh, I never, I never bothered checking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then we've got oh, <laughs> and then we got what's his, then we got what's his name from Saturday Night Live being the guy that was <clears throat> working for the Republic. Um, it, it was just too many guest stars in that episode. And again, that one, I too liked that Star Wars story of a world where the droids are more sentient than we normally get them, you know, because they've been around, so they probably haven't had their memory chips erased, you know, and they're growing personalities and stuff like that. And they want to be a part of society and serve, you know. So, again, cool Star Wars story, but not so much a Mandalorian story. Uh, Yeah, and I mean, these are things that, you know, these are things that got touched in solo, you know, as far as, uh-huh. like, you know, ships ha- and, and these droids having sentience and everything, you know. But but here's the bigger problem with that. You know when all of that really needed to be established? Back in the fucking Phantom Menace when they decided to say, hey, there's going to be an entire droid separatist army. But instead of showing it as fucking droids that had sentience and were actually fucking thinking and wanting freedom, no, they made them a bunch of mindless fucking drone robots. So you were like, who the fuck is commanding the robots? Oh, look, a bunch of fucking bad Asian stereotype fucking bug-looking creatures. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think like they also screwed up like or missed the opportunity of you know when when the the two of them walked into the droid bar you know the the droid bartender should have been yelled hey we don't serve their kind here yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> just to reverse it from from a new hope <laughs> but yeah. yeah it's just again would have been fun you know yeah <laughs> and again it's just the the season seemed disjointed and you know just really all over the place, but at the same time, it's like, I had fun, you know, and it's, you know, then Gideon showing up again and being a badass with, you know, seeing the shit that he had laid up on Mandalore and, you know, the base that he established and, again, seeing Ty Advance going around because, you know, I fucking love a Ty Advance. (laughs) I'm a bitch for those Hmm. things. And then seeing the new armor, uh, you know, I was cool about that. But then, you know, seeing our, our bo- you know, our, our um, excuse me, you know, our, our heavy machinery 
guy just, you know, get fucking pounded. You know, I was just like, oh, man. He had, like, just come around and start to be a nice guy. Yeah, you know. Again, (laughs) I don't believe anybody is ever dead in any of these things anymore. Like, come on. You know they established him as a father this season. You know, they they gave him all of these character moments, and then they're like, yeah, we're going to just – we don't – remember, we don't necessarily see him killed. We see him kicked off the ledge. So that just means he falls into the void. Now, you know who else has fallen into the void over the years? You know, the Emperor, Luke Skywalker, all the fat. You know what I mean? Like, fucking everybody. They all – yeah, you know, they all come back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just silly. But I don't. I don't think he's dead either. I'm sure he'll yeah. make some triumphant return. He'll come on in. Like, you know, they'll all be pinned down somewhere, and there'll be a major problem, and all hope will be lost. And then all of a sudden, there's fucking Pop Vizsla walking in there. And <laughs> I'm, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> but yeah, things that bother and then, me with that whole thing, like I did like the idea that they established the base on Mandalore. You know, there, there's there's so many things that make sense about it. Um, you know, couldn't see. You know, so it's not like the Imperials. It's not like anybody would know what the fuck was going down on that planet anyway. It was smart. It was yeah. smart thinking. But. You know, I don't know. You have all these, like, super shock troopers that are flying around using fucking Beskar armor and all that shit. You know, it was like, come on, man. Like, how much, if you're hiding, how much fucking shit did you actually have? Like, like where did Moff Gideon have all this stuff, like, stored away that he was all like, oh, okay, you've been, you've been kind of banished. But, oh, yo, hey, I'm going to get down to Mandalore, you know, because I don't know what's going on there. But I'm going to figure it out, build a whole base, do all this other stuff, and... <laughs> Keep it quiet. You know, but now I do know, too, though, that they are, you know, bringing in Thrawn. And Thrawn got mentioned. The name got thrown around. I was waiting to see yeah, it at the it end did. of the season, but it didn't happen. And then uh, the, the final episode where we have, you know, the Mandalorian wanting to actually adopt Grogu and, you know, go through the Mandalore adoption process, if you will, you know. <laughs> Everybody says, you know, I want to adopt him. And then the diva spoke up and she was like, what? It's like, he's the worst fucking father ever. It's like, watch all, watch the seasons. He's always dropping Grogu off of whoever shows up in the episode. No questions like, can I trust you? You know, are you going to, you know, are you going to be able to take care of the kid? Nothing like that. You know, Jack Black and Slizzo show up and he's like, here you go. He's your responsibility. I want to go take care of your droids. You know, no background check. No, hey, you know. He is kind of like wanted all over the universe for his DNA. Are you can, can I trust you? Oh, fuck it. It's cool. It's cool. You know, he's dropping he's dropping Grogu off with everybody while he goes and takes care of shit, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, again, it's uh, it was just a way to keep him around. You know what I mean? Like that 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 really is what it comes down to. What else are we we know that he's not gonna not have Grogu around. We know that Grogu isn't going to hang with Luke Skywalker and become, you know, part of the the new Jedi and all that stuff. So, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have him roam around. Now you got to give him a reason to be roaming around. Which now, because he's training to be a Mandalorian, you know, you you have your your, your reason. I, I guess people just needed an explanation. I didn't. You know what I mean? He could have been like, No, I didn't either. I'm keeping the I'm keeping the fucking kid with me. Okay, and guess what? I'm going to train him. As a fucking Mandalorian. 
I didn't need him to be adopted. You... I didn't need all this other fucking garbage and nonsense and silliness with it. I don't need Mando to be fucking little Grogu's, you know, father figure. He just needs to be the fucking guy that's training him, you know? Yeah. It's like Django was <laughs> Because like we said, <laughs> yeah, like like we said uh, in uh, episode one, uh, I mean, se- season one, Lone Wolf and Cub, that's all it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Agreed, 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 man. But like, you know, like I said, yeah. I am excited. I am excited for Thrawn. Um, you know, so so, uh, and again, I think he's. I think he's supposed to show up in the Ahsoka series. So uh, that, oh, that okay. is one that that it's it's one that I've been excited about. I know that he's been in the cartoons, but I don't watch any of the cartoon series. Uh, I know the character from you know the the, tri- the Timothy Zahn trilogy from the the nineties. Yep. You know, uh, you know, starting yeah. with uh, the uh, Heir to the Empire Rising. trilogy. Uh, yeah, yeah Heir it. to the Empire. So uh, it was fantastic, you know. And that was for me. It was what I always hoped they would eventually make for sequels because I, you know, for for somebody that loved Star Wars. And there were so many Star Wars books that came out after Return of the Jedi. None really attracted me until that trilogy. That trilogy came out, and I was like, not only did I love the way he wrote, I loved how he represented the characters. I loved the new characters that he introduced. It was fucking fantastic, you know? And Thrawn, obviously, has proven to be a character that the fans love, which is why Disney has kept him, you know, Timothy Zahn is still writing Thrawn books, you know, but now those books are, are considered legends, so they're not canon anymore, but they let him rewrite everything to bring him back into canon so that he is a part of this universe. And, man, I just hope that uh, that the casting and the representation right. is just fucking is done right because, yeah, this man needs to be like – he needs to be Grand Moff Tarkin-level intimidating. But younger. Yeah, he's got to you know, be cold, so, you know, cold, precise, you know, you know, planning all the time, you know, but <clears throat> but not witty like Moff Gideon, you know, where I'm flourishing <laughs> with all my shit. No, he's just a yeah, straight up cold hearted monologuing villain is what you get with Moff Gideon. You know what I mean? You know Moff Gideon's always gonna fuck up yeah. because Moff Gideon's gotta sit there and tell you his entire plan, you know, before he finishes <laughs> you off. You know, he could have just simply I caught him on a but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Okay, so moving on, you know, so we pretty much agree that season three could, could have been better. It was fun, but it could have been better. Um, but again, this isn't the Star Wars podcast. Uh, King, thanks for letting us rant and, and get caught up about that because I've just been well, cool. Thank you because I've been wanting to like just <laughs> bounce it off of you because <laughs> you're the only person that watches it now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so thank I mean, you. that, that in all itself right. says something because all my friends were into that series when it first came out, and now it's like maybe a handful of them like watch it. And then the rest of them are like, yeah. yeah, we'll get around to it when we get around to it. You know, whereas I remember when the first season came out, everybody was like, oh, it's the fucking best thing i ever seen. <laughs> Including me. Yeah. Yep. Same here. I lost my shit. <laughs> All right. So, King, this weekend, you do anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm glad that you guys had your, your Mandalorian talk. I know we, you know, you had been looking uh, forward to it. The Golden looking forward to it. Um, 
But, yeah, I want to move on and talk about a little movie that came out last week called Evil Dead Rise uh, that I've been looking forward to for so long. (laughs) Evil Dead Rise. I was fucking ready for it from the first trailer. Tried to avoid all the other ones, of course, because you don't want to get spoilers. Um, So I went on Saturday to go see it, um, and it didn't disappoint. I fucking loved it. Really? I thought it might be my movie of the year. I mean, there's a lot more movies coming out this year, but I think, you know, I don't know if it could top Evil Dead Rise for me because that movie, you know, I had minor gripes. Like, I always do with movies, even if I love them. Like, I find something to gripe about. I'm like, well, that fucking sucks. You know, but overall, the movie was just great. And it just proves further that you don't need Ash to make an Evil Dead movie. You need the book, you need the Deadites, and you need the incantations. That's all you need to make a solid, fun Deadite, blood-fueled fucking movie. Um, and the, the, all the characters worked, you know, in this high-rise building. Um, and somebody on Facebook said, if I could describe Evil Dead Rise in four images, it would be Demons 2, The Shining, The Thing, and Fargo. And I was like, actually, you know what? That's apt. That's really fucking apt. <laughs> Once, you know, you guys out there see the movie, like those four movies are, are definitely in there. And I loved everybody <clears throat> down the, uh, the horror groups that were talking about how I need to see Demons 2 again. They're like, I need to revisit that fucking movie because I got vibes, man. <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I agree. But um, it was just, it was fun start to finish. It's so bloody. It's so gory. There, there's a lot of homages to the Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 in the movie. There's a pizza box with Henrietta's pizza on there. I was like, I hope people get that fucking reference because that's great, <laughs> you know. That's like a hardcore, you're Evil Dead fan if you get that reference. Um, there's references mm-hmm. to the first Evil Dead, um, plenty to go around. Um, even the characters' names were homages to people that worked on Evil Dead and their characters. So I was like, this, obviously Lee Cronin and the screenwriters definitely had a love for Evil Dead. Um, and there is a Bruce cameo. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but there well, is a Bruce cameo. Well, you just, um, you just spoiled it by saying that. They always said there was. Remember Lee Cronin on Facebook yeah, saying no, that he was going to get $50? Yeah, there's a whole thing with it. Yeah. Lee Cronin uh-huh. said there's a cameo by Bruce. If you spot it, he'll give you $50. But apparently nobody oh. guessed it uh, on the release date. So <clears throat> he gets to keep his $50. Um, but <clears throat> I definitely think it opens it up to more Evil Dead movies. Um, you know, and Ash, obviously he could be a part of this universe, even though Bruce Campbell said he's done playing the character. Um, it, it, obviously he could be in there. Um, now, comparing it to Evil Dead in 2013 versus Evil Dead Rise, I still would think Evil Dead in 2013 is a little bit better than Evil Dead Rise. I still think that movie fucking kills it a little bit more than Evil Dead Rise does. But, you know, there's a cheese grater. There's some nasty shit. Nobody's off limits in this movie. Like, nobody is fucking safe. Um, and like I said, start to finish, I just appreciated the ride. Um, I love the new look of the book. I love the fact of how they read the incantations and how it works. It was all within that Evil Dead universe. Um, and like I said, I just couldn't believe how much fun I had. So, Ghoul, you went to go see it as well. What were your thoughts on Evil Dead Rise? Yeah, look, we went on Sunday. And, uh, and yeah, just like you, uh, obviously I've been hyped for this since the, the first trailer, um, since we first started bringing it up. You know, I'm, I'm always apt to exploring universes like this because we've seen other films within it do such a great job. 
Um, you know, I, too, am a big fan of the 2013 movie. It's actually, the, like, my second favorite of all of the films, um, and that is still the case. Uh, and, 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 yes, I was very excited to see them do something. What I wasn't expecting is, is just about everything that you said in regards to how much homage they paid to everything that came before it. Now, obviously, you know, like I, I know Lee Cronin, you know, he knows what his material is. You know, he's working with Sam Raimi. They're producing the film. You got Bruce Campbell working with them and everything. So I know that the, the movie's going to have touches. I know the movie's going to be done, you know, quote, unquote, right. But the, the intelligence and the smart ways that they put these things in the film, I really appreciated and enjoyed. You know, it wasn't the over-the-top, like, hey, look at this. If you're a fan, you're going to know it. No, there were subtle little <laughs> references that were here. There were little references there. You caught it, and you were like, mm-hmm, nice. You know, because it wasn't like, it didn't have to push the plot. It didn't make it a fucking, you know, a Where's Waldo of shit. It was just kind of like mm-hmm. there. And if it, like, like the Henrietta pizza box, you know. Like you said, if you know, you know. Um, and, and that is what it is. So now everything else within it, yeah, this is this similar to the 2013 film. This is a, a dark tone movie. This is not like, you know, not the, the Bruce Campbell films, especially not to an, an Army of Darkness. You're not looking at comedy here. Were there... It wasn't as dark as 2013, you know, which, again, for me, is kind of what makes that movie as as strong as it does. You know, I like Mm -hmm. the fact that, like, you know, you can take this, you can make, you know, this, this entire this entire demonic level shit go on. And yeah, you know, in your mind, it kind of breaks you and you find things kind of funny, but you're not finding them funny because they're, they're ha ha comedic funny. It's because your fucking mind is breaking and because there's just no other way to comprehend the things that you're fucking seeing. So like when Ash is having the mental breakdown, you know, in Evil Dead 2 and everything's fucking laughing at him in the cabin, you know, you know that, yeah, like, yeah, you can kind of look at it from the outside and be like, yeah, it's kind of funny. But at the same time, when you look at it from the character standpoint, it's like, bro, his mind is breaking because everybody the fuck around him is turning into an evil demonic fucking presence. And how else do you fucking handle that? Um, so, so you have that here, uh, and, and that that I liked. And again, everybody was fucking on the table. At no point did I feel anybody in this movie was safe, and I can appreciate right. that because you had kids in this movie. You know, and normally, yeah. you know, the kids are, you know, no, we're not going to fuck with them. And you know, hey, everybody performed well. I liked all the characters. I liked all the actors. Yeah, a, a fun time. Well worth going to see it. You know, if you haven't already. Get the fuck out to the theater and go watch it. Because guess what? Horror movies are back. And they are in the fucking theaters. And they're, they're really, we've got a good time right now. Yeah, it's a really good time. And yeah, <clears throat> the movie is dark. Um, and the moments that you do find yourself laughing at, at least I know the goal and I agree with that, where it's like uncomfortable laughter, but at the same time, you just you, that's your reaction. Like there's a scene that happens in the hallway that the goal and I talked about where I fucking laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like chuckling to myself. Like it just, it got a laugh out of me. I was like, oh, cause I'm fucked up. That's why. Like, <laughs> that's why I, I laughed at that shit. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. It's just, it's like, yeah. No, I, I watch too many of these, you know? It's like, oh, you think that's disturbing? I've seen a, Serb- I've seen a Serbian film, you know? So like, not, not, not to be one of those like 
Not to be one of those horror movie assholes that wears that like some badge of honor. I don't. Like, whenever I tell anybody about it, it's more like, yeah, listen, there's this movie. You don't ever really need to see it. But just take take my word for it. You know, if there's ever a movie that you want to see that's going to make you realize, like, wow, you know what? These horror movies really aren't as bad as it can get. That's the one to kind of go to. Everybody wants to go Human Centipede. And I'm like, that's just, I don't know, I watch porn that's like that, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so, so much so much hentai <laughs> yeah that's like that's the the witness test like if you can get through a serbian film like that's it like you know you're going to be able to handle anything that cinema has to throw at you in terms of horror um and you might find things that are funny that people are like that's fucked up it's like no it's, it's fucking great <laughs> like the the one character in the trailer they show her crouched on the the kitchen counter i was fucking laughing <laughs> what? It was just uh, I don't understand it, but I'm I'm here for it. I'm laughing at it. You know, probably shouldn't be, but <clears throat> uh, what's this other one who played uh, Ellie? She was fantastic. Like we see in the trailers, you know, her going from you know a mom struggling on her own to becoming a fucking deadite. Like you know, the things that they put her through. I was like, this is perfect, and she's great on Twitter because she's a model, so she models for magazines and stuff like that. And she's like, and look what else I can do. <laughs> She's a fucking deadite, you know, just disgusting and bloody and, like, you know, so I, I loved her character, you know, from start to finish, because as you know, once you're a deadite, there's no coming back. Like, it's not like you're possessed by a demon. Like, you, you are a deadite. <laughs> you yeah. can only be dismembered, so you can't be cured. You know, and I, I like the fact that they keep that in there. Like, you, you want your mom back, but she's not coming back. Mom is with the maggots now. Like, fucking love that line. It's still my favorite Okay, but so so wait though. Wait, 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 wait though. <clears throat> well, okay. So I guess depending on what version of 2013 you watch, we saw Mia come back. That's true. You make up a great argument. Yeah. So so there because is she got there killed. is precedent. <clears throat> she had to die to come back and therefore yes. And we've seen Ash be taken over and expel it completely. He splits into two to do it, but you know, he was at one point taken over as well, you know? Yeah, and Evil Dead too. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there is precedence, you know, <clears throat> with these characters. You know, that was the one thing I didn't like about 2013's Evil Dead was the fact that Mia was able to be killed and then came back to be her normal self, a split self, you know, with the doppelganger, you know, the evil doppelganger that she fights with at the end, but I, I don't know. That's why I like this movie, you know, the way I did, because once you're a deadite, you're a deadite. Like, you can't come back. And that's why, you know, I like the fact that you can't. Like, in the first Evil Dead, their friends become deadites, you got to fucking chop them up. Like, you can't just, you know, say a word and they're going to come back and be their normal selves. Uh, I do like the fact that they could flip themselves and become normal again. Like, oh, my God, Ash, save me. No, I don't like this. And he's like, okay. And then they fucking turn deadite and attack them. Like, oh shit! <laughs> you know? Exactly. You um, know, we, but, we've seen that in other Evil Dead movies. You know, so so that is yeah, fine. lots of Evil um, Dead movies. <laughs> and you got to remember too, like I don't know, I always took the you know the other ending for for 2013 when she gets you know in the truck and all that stuff and her eyes open. I know they're not mm-hmm. demon eyes, but I always take mm-hmm. the eyes opening, meaning she's still possessed. You know, so because yeah. you know we watched yeah. 2013 on Sunday. And, you know, I know she sees the doppelganger in in the woods earlier in the film. But what she fights right. at the end of the movie, like I noticed this time around, it's not her. 
it's the girl. It's the version of the girl we see at the beginning of the movie. Is what she looked like to me. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, okay. See, I always thought it was her, like coming back. It was the ultimate I, deadite, but it was her. I thought okay. so too because of what you see at the beginning of it. But no, I was trying to like pay extra attention to it this time around. Which no, I'm gonna probably watch it. Covered the mo- well, we covered the movie, but you know well, <laughs> why do that? <laughs> but that's how we do. Um, so I do have a couple Evil Dead things I want to talk about before I cover the rest of what I have. So. Evil Dead Rise exceeded expectations this weekend, bringing in an estimated $23.5 million at the domestic box office. The film had a production budget of $19 million. So, yeah, so it made $23.5 as of, of Monday. Um, so it could become a lot more profitable in the weeks to come, but based off a budget of $19 million, I mean, that's pretty fucking good. You know, they didn't even have hope for this movie to be in theaters. It was the fans that said, we want to see this movie in theaters. They were going to put it on Peacock. But oh, that's the right, fans spoke that's right. up and said, we want this <laughs> fucking movie in theaters. <laughs> we want to go out. So the fans came out, you know, which is great, you know, which, which is awesome, the fact that it, it made that kind of money. Um, so the question now is, are we going to get more Evil Dead movies? Bruce Campbell believes so because he told AV Club earlier this week, we're going to try and do them more like every two or three years rather than every ten years. It's also the first time Sam is working with his brother, Ivan, to create an overall Bible that will give future writers and directors an idea where this thing should go next to potentially tie in some of these stories. So I think it's going to get a little more tied in as the years go by because it's all about the books. It could be a book in the past, a book in the future. It's yet to be determined. And that's something that Google and I also talked about. It's all about the book. As much as we all have Ash, these books are the catalyst. And there could be many of them, not just one. We several. Again, we, yeah, we know because uh, oh yeah, yeah, we know there's three. But also, that's the thing about the Evil Dead stuff is like it's always tied to the books, and therefore the Evil Dead stuff can happen any place, anywhere, anytime. You know, and is just yeah, <laughs> and it, we can just have many, many different versions of this, and just have a good time with it. <laughs> oh yeah. I completely agree. You know, 2013 proved it. Evil Dead Rise proves it. We love Bruce. We love Ash. But he's not needed necessarily to make an Evil Dead movie. You need the books and you need the incantations. Because once you start that incantation, it can't be stopped. And, yeah, look, I get I know people love Ash. And, you know, as I told you, King, you know, for me, Evil Dead 2 is my favorite uh, of, of all the, the Evil Dead movies. Now, the reason for mm-hmm. that is because it's, it's the first Evil Dead movie that I ever watched, um, you know, and I saw it at a young age, so it was, like, perfect. You know, it was definitely horror, but there was, like, enough comedic and silly slapsticky elements to it that were similar to, like, The Three Stooges and Laurel and Hardy and all those things that I was watching at that time. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when I went eventually and rented and watched The Evil Dead, it was like, oh, okay. So I see where that came from. It's just this is a more, you know, just a little bit scarier. And then I went years without knowing that they ever continued The Evil Dead. I had no, like, I had passed the Army of Darkness fucking video in the video store a thousand times and, like, never bought, like, it just, even the cover of it did not interest me. But 
it didn't interest me. And like, when I think about it now, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, I can't believe like I passed it so many times and didn't realize that was Ash on the cover of it. But for me, that is the last movie in the series that, that I ever go to. It's the last one that I ever want to watch, you know? So I'm happy with them shifting away from, from it being a comedic based, you know, a, a sketch of shit. Um, I want the horror that the evil dead is. Give us other writers. Give us other stuff. Make the fucking franchise a scary fucking franchise that can can still be fun without having to be funny. Oh, I fully agree. And I, uh, the goal and I did rankings through text of the evil dead movies, and it's kind of like it's kind of close. You know, he and I uh, in our rankings. I, I always put the evil dead, the first movie, as number one. Um, and then I put 2013 as number two, and we both put Evil Dead Rise at three. So I was like, oh, we're both there. <laughs> it's good. It's definitely three, you know, but, yeah, we both put Army of Darkness last. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of that movie. I mean, it, it's enjoyable, but, yeah, I mean, I, I prefer, you know, Evil Dead 2 over Army of Darkness and Evil Dead. It has Laurel and Hardy and Three Stooges moments, but it's still a fucking dark, scary movie at the end of the day. Like, a tonal shift to Evil Dead 2 when they just remake the first one, but they put a lot more comedy in it to kind of make it more fun for audiences. Yes, and you being the person that likes indie films and and you're more along the lines of of that kind of stuff, that's where I feel like that's where our division goes. You know, for me, it's Evil Dead Mm -hmm. 2 at number one with the original Evil Dead being number four. But that's because I feel like Evil Dead 2 is simply a bigger budget version of the first Evil Dead with better effects and, 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 you know, the story feels more natural overall because it's not so, so rough, but you like that, that that's where you fall in. But I mean, listen, ultimately we're fans of the series. We love all five movies. Oh yeah. Yep. All of them are. And that's what a lot of people are in agreement with is that the evil dead is probably one of the most consistently enjoyable franchises. Like you might not like army of darkness a lot, but it's still enjoyable. You know, Evil Dead 2 is a fun, popcorn, blood-riddled ride. The original is just like an independent movie, but it's totally scary. And then you have these dark versions of Evil Dead and Evil Dead Rise, but there really aren't any entries that are terrible, where you're like, that fucking movie sucked. Like, I don't want to watch that one again. Like, they're all enjoyable. Even the series. Even the series is good. I I own all three seasons of the series. I just haven't gotten around to watching them all. Yeah, it's it's enjoyable. You know, it's Ash enjoying his final ride as the character. Um, and once you get to season three, you have to let me know. It's, it's a great season, but you could see the potential for more. Like, they definitely plan for more. You know, just the, the people weren't there to watch it. So it kind of struggled at the end. But, you know, and that's why he's like, I'm done. Played the character enough. I'm good. Uh, you know, he's out of there. But... I would love to see more Evil Dead movies, and maybe you have, you know, an Ash cameo. You know, who knows? He doesn't have to be full force Sam Raimi, you know, kicking him in the face and going, come on, act, act, come on. (laughs) You know, it could just be a simple cameo of him (laughs) saying, don't read the book. You know, don't do it. You know, it's going to cause problems. So we will see what happens. I'm just, I'm glad that they're energized and Sam and his brother Ivan are involved. And I'm sure Ted's around there somewhere kicking around ideas. Um, where we can keep the Evil Dead universe. You can have Bruce Campbell (laughs) being the dude at the gas station saying, you know, don't go up there. (laughs) That's all we need to do. Literally, that's all we need to do. Just be like, don't read it. Don't look at it. Throw it away. Like, you know, move on. 
Um, <laughs> it's got okay, a so moving away. <laughs> I want to go down that rock. Yep, no one <laughs> <laughs> Judd Crandall in this movie? Maybe. Sounds like it. But. <laughs> um, so The Pope's Exorcist, uh, as I talked about, you know, it, it scored so much money. Right now it's earned about $52 million worldwide. And according to Bloody Disgusting, a sequel to the movie is in early development with Russell Crowe expected to return. I mean, how could you not? Like, after a juggernaut of, a, of $52 million dollars, you know, based off an $18 million budget, they're going to come back. I mean, you can't stop that kind of a movie. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm still kind of baffled because Renfield cost $65 million to make. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, <laughs> Well, again, it goes to show that sometimes it comes down to when you release it because that, mm-hmm. that's a major thing too, you know. And when when you look at the movies that were in the theaters, you know, two weeks ago, it was kind of the perfect time to release both Renfield and the Pope's Exorcist. And, you know, look, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, yes, you know, did, have I, I, still haven't, I still haven't seen either one of them. Um, you know, going by trailers, did I want to see Renfield? Yes. But if I was mm-hmm. down to a choice between the two, I would choose the Pope's Exorcist over that. Um, just because yeah. I like the more serious nature of it. Nicolas Cage, I know everybody loves him, and he's enjoyable, and he's funny. But, you know, for me, sometimes a little too much is is, is, is possible with him. You know, I know not everybody believes that. <laughs> um, you know, and I love Russell Crowe. So, you know, like, and, and even this past week, like Evil Dead Rise, yes, it made a lot of money. But you know what? It got lucky in its release window because you had Mario yeah. in its – Third week, which it still ended up at number one, you know, which it's I said so from the start, that movie was going to have, it was so good that it was going to have legs. Um, you know, I don't know why everybody else seems surprised that that fucking movie was making as much money as it was, I, you know, but, but whatever. And, and unfortunately for Evil Dead Rise, word of mouth will carry it through. You'll still probably have a decent box office, but next week you got Guardians, two come, uh, Guardians 3 coming out. And that is Can't going wait. to take every single movie that is currently in the top, and it's going to just knock everybody down one. So, are you going opening weekend? You think that's? I, I still haven't bought my ticket, but with my A list, that's not a problem. You know, like I checked, and there's show times yep. in this area that still have seats that that are totally doable for me. So, so I'm good. I mean, even I, I even checked, and there's a there's a three o'clock showing in Freehold on Thursday and it's there. It's like nice. two people are in the fucking theater and they're in like the, <laughs> the, the, the side, they're in side seats too. It's almost like, like what are they employees? Like who the fuck bought these tickets? Um, you know, all the middle seats and shit like that are taken, but I, I have to keep an eye on weather and stuff like that. So plus I think, uh, well, that was the fourth. So I don't have anything on the fourth. Um, yeah, the fourth but, uh, with you. yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I have, uh, well, may the fourth be with you. I know uh, next month we have a couple different things going on, including, you know, I have my Crystal Lake thing coming up uh, on the 12th. So that's I'm right. Super stoked for that. You got to be for that, but yeah. Um, I'm probably going to go see it on Saturday. I can't do the Thursdays because after I get out of work, I don't want to fucking do anything. I want to fucking go home and sit in the dark. <laughs> I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything, so. Yeah, I, I will, and I'm going to go on Saturday and say, I, you know, opening weekend like I always do, but I'm, I'm fucking stoked for that. I'm stoked that you're going to go to Camp Crystal Lake. 
You know, I can't wait to see your pictures and whatever you do, but um, still, I'm going to be seeing it opening weekend. I, I can't wait. That's my next theater visit. Like I said, they know me by name now at the Regal that I go to. They're like, oh, and he's back. Double feature this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah. No, they, they know hey, my name. Andy, hey, Ralph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a guy named Rob who's like the manager. And I'm like, hey, Rob. I was like, you're working this weekend? He's like, you know it. I'm like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> like, they don't even check my ticket anymore. They're like, just let him through. He's got a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> he made it over yeah. <laughs> uh, Again, you know, for, for me, it's always like, hey, you know, I want to see it that opening day because I just don't want spoilers and things like that. But, you know, a lot of times, too, it comes down to, like, I'll be working and, you know, depending mm-hmm. on what the movie is, sometimes I'll just literally go, like, in my work truck and just ride right over to, to the theater and just go see whatever it is. So, you know, other times, yeah, I'll come home first, and then I'll go. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's more likely now. Just, you know, I got to ride. Well, especially if it's a day, like, where you finish up early or something like that, and you just check in and the theater's empty, you're like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> oh, I love it. When the theater's fucking empty and I'm the only one in there, I'll fucking, I'll just switch seats all the fucking time. Like, ah, I'm not feeling this seat right now. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to go down to the handicapped seats. I might go back. I might sit up. I don't know. Like, I, just, I love it when I'm the only fucking guy in the theater. I'm like, it's my fucking theater right now. I can sit wherever I want. I don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll just I think, shift around. Sometimes I feel like off. that. I feel like I'm some wealthy guy that fucking, like, you know, bought out the theater or whatever it is. But I'll also be honest. Mm-hmm. There's yep. times that I've been in that, and it's kind of like this creepy fucking feeling, too, because you're the only person <laughs> in there. And if you're locked in watching the movie and you have all these empty rows behind you, like, I just start thinking, like, some scream level shit, you know? Like, somebody's going to sneak in <laughs> and fucking stick a knife in me, and nobody's going to find me until the fucking movie's over and they're cleaning up the fucking place. Oh, we got another one. Another guy's dead. Let's see if you want another the A-lister bit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know. Exactly. You know, What's the A-list, A-list fucking, uh, you know, the A-list murders. Oh, speaking <laughs> of, man, well, we went to Evil Dead Rise. So, you know, with A-list, one of the things that you do get as a perk is uh, you get priority, like, lanes for, like, fucking concessions mm-hmm. and shit like that. And normally I'm like, you know, I, I don't. Typically, I don't know. Like, if, if, I feel weird about doing it. Like, I've seen other people do it, and I'm like, you know, when there's like two or three people, like in the regular, you don't line, like to show off like, the privilege. I, have, I guess you know what I mean. But I also feel like, listen, you know what I mean. Like, I, if I'm here and they're fucking waiting to get popcorn, like just because I pay fucking more monthly, like why is it that I should be getting, you know, my shit before they get their shit? Well, I'll tell you what, we were at Evil Dead Rise, dude, the fucking line was so long, I was, there was no line on A-list, I was so fucking happy to have that shit, bro, but, you know, like, we got, like, we got into the line, and it's just funny, because the guy that was, like, next in the regular line, like, totally went, like, douche, and was, like, he tried, he stepped forward, to take, like, the next fucking, like, open register without letting them call. Because, you know, if they see somebody in the A-list line, they're supposed to call us first. But, uh, but yeah, it was fun. I, I, obviously, I'm not going to start a fucking fight over some fucking stupid popcorn. But uh, but after that, now the ghoul girl was like, yeah, that that's not going to happen again. And she like, she, like, stepped forward, got behind the people in the next thing, and was just like, yep, no matter what, we're getting taken next. She's like, you pay for that shit, so we're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Regal works, too, because Regal, 
uh, I have the, the Regal Crown app, and you can actually buy your concessions before you go to the movie. So, you know, if I want a large popcorn and a large soda, I could buy it in the app, and then I just have to go to the line. And there's, like, two people on the line in front of me. I'm like, no, I got it. <laughs> you know, I, I've done that before waiting. with AMC, and my problem with that mm-hmm. is it's never fucking ready. Like, you can do that. You can tell them what time right? you're going to be there for the movie. You can yeah. even tell them, like, yeah. hey, you know, my movie's at 4. I want the food there. You know, I'll be there at 410 to pick it up. And yet, anytime I've ever done that, it's not fucking ready. Like, and it's not even that it's not ready. Oh. They'll be like, oh, we have to start your order. And it's like, motherfucker, it's pretzels with cheese. The last <laughs> time I did it, I ended up getting to the fucking movie. It was a 4 o'clock. I think it was, no, it was a 5 o'clock showing. I got there at 5.05. I didn't end up getting into the movie until the movie started. And I was kind of pissed because normally, like, you know, I try to. Well, that's cool. I, I do see trailers and shit. But, like, I was like, all right, I should have enough time because I ordered the fucking, you know, the food ahead of time, and, and that ended up being mm-hmm. fucking longer than if I would have waited in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sucks, because at least I know with the Regal app that I use, like, I could go right up there, get my popcorn real quick, get my soda real quick, it's ready to go. And then with Regal, like, you have this whole Regal package where they're talking about the movie theater, and they're talking about classic lines, and then you have movie trivia. So I'm like, oh, it's going to be like 20 minutes before this movie starts. So even though it wasn't on time, like, I have plenty of time. Like, you know, just that's the one thing about Regal is that you always know you're going to have time. Movie starts at 12, mm-hmm. and it's not going to start until, like, 12 25. Like, you really oh, no. time. Yeah, with AMC, you have at least, <laughs> you probably have about 25 to 30 minutes between trailers, and then uh, you get the trailers, you get all the shit that's like, hey, you know, you should become an A-lister. And they list all their shit, and then Nicole Kidman yep. comes up to tell you about fucking how great the movie's Oh, is. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do the same thing with Regal, where they have their whole Regal shit, where the guy's, like, giving classic lines to movies and shit like that, and then all of a sudden, like, get the Regal pass. And I'm like, okay, now the trailers are going to start, and that's at least 20 minutes. <laughs> you have so much time to do whatever you need to do. You need to take a piss. You need to get some extra stuff. Like, you have plenty of time you know, before the movie starts, because it never starts on time. Like, there's been times where it's, like, 12 o'clock, we're going to start, and it's, like, no, it's 12.10, and they haven't even gotten to the opening with Regal. So... <laughs> You know, you have time. Like, I'll be doing crosswords <laughs> on my phone. I'll be searching Facebook. No, I'm good. I have plenty of time. Um, so I have two things I want to talk about before we get into the movie. Uh, one of them is a movie that we covered on the show, Demon Wind. Remember that? It was a fan pick. We covered that uh, oh, yeah. strange female effects movie. So Grimehouse Films and Tier Mathis Productions have announced that they are working on a sequel to Demon Wind called Demon Wind 2, The Serpent's Coil. An Indiegogo campaign will launch in July, and principal photography will commence in late fall or the winter. Director Eric Mathis said, We are honored to be the first and only team to create an official sequel to Demon Wind in over 33 years. What's funny about that is that I posted that on the Facebook page, and Eric Mathis heart-reacted it. I was like, aw, go ahead, man. (laughs) That's nice. Like, you know, making Demon Wind 2 after 33 years. Uh, it's a, a good effects <laughs> movie, but it's not a good movie overall in terms of plot and characters. Just it, but effects-wise, great movie. But yeah, 33 years later, we're finally getting Demon Wind 2, Serpent's Coil, which follows the paranormal team investigating a farmhouse and strange shit happens. So stay tuned for that. I just was like, Demon Wind 2? All right. <laughs> digging in deep. Demon Wind. Um, <laughs> so... 
while we've only covered Twilight Eclipse on the show, thanks to the ghoul, apparently there's still some blood left to drain from the property. (laughs) (laughs) The Hollywood Reporter claims that a small screen Twilight project is in early development at Lionsgate Television. Stephanie Meyer, the author of the Twilight series of the books, is expected to be involved as well. They don't even have a fucking writer yet, but they've announced that there is going to be a Twilight small screen adaptation. Can't wait. Yes. Got, I guess people yeah. haven't had enough of Team Edward and Team Jacob. Well, it's funny, too, because it comes right on the heels of the announcement of the Harry Potter series that is also, you know, mm-hmm. has been announced where they're, you know, they're going to, they're not going to tell us other stories within the Harry Potter universe. We're going to get the full, you know, all the books all over again, but in, in long form Game of Thrones, you know, level TV series. Um, oh, they, really? You know, That's what's going know. on? Yeah. Uh, they're yep. saying like each book is going to be about a season, you know, which I would guess the last book will probably be at least two. Um, you know, because the last one was fucking huge. And, yeah, so so right after that, you got the announcement with this, which is that Twilight is also going to hit the small screen and that, uh, you know, again, it'll be another series. And, you know, same thing. I would venture each season is going to, you know, each series, each book will be a full season. So at the least you'll get, oh, uh, what, four seasons, four seasons out of it? Oh. There were four I books total, five that. movies? I would say maybe like five. Because it because the the final books were two books, so I mean that's 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 definitely a cliffhanger season right there. So you could definitely have yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess I mean, it also all depends, I guess, on, on how successful it is and and all that. It's gonna be fun to watch who they who they cast, how they cast. Um, you know, looking forward to it. You know, I'm I'm a low key fan of the series, obviously. Um, <laughs> You know, in that I find I, I enjoy the humor behind it. You know, like I, I find it laughable and and fun. Yeah, uh, but no, yeah, I know, I know there are hardcore fans that love it, and and I'm not a teenage girl, so. <laughs> no, or or a soccer mom. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> Pattinson's back as Edward. Oh my God! Uh, I'm Team Jacob, you know, and uh, more importantly, I'm Team Jacob's wig. Shark boy, which, uh, you know, we'll, co- we'll cover exactly. Yeah, shark boy, we'll, we'll cover Team, team we'll, we'll Shark cover boy. Jacob's wig when we finally get to New Moon. So it'll it'll happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, New Moon, that was phenomenal. <laughs> you know, we get Pattinson back, but he's doing his Batman voice the entire time. Oh my God, this town's eating itself. <laughs> I just rewatched that again over the weekend. <laughs> God damn that fucking movie, The Batman. I was like, how is it getting another movie after that? Oh, well, we got a new trailer for The Flash. I don't know if any of you guys caught that. I did. Keaton. Yeah, I, I had to watch it. You know, I just I love me some Keaton as Batman. Uh, like they they replayed it during uh, Evil Dead Rise, the first Flash trailer. I'm just hearing that fucking music and thinking, yeah, I'm Batman. Yes, you are, man. <laughs> and then you hear yeah, yeah, Danny yeah, open the score and like, stop it. Uh, the Google girl hadn't seen, you know, any of the trailers for the Flash, so yeah, same for us. When she and when she saw Keaton step forward, like even her, who's not a you know a big DC, not a big you know comic book movie fan, was like uh, she even turned and like gave me a look, like no shit, like it's Keaton as Batman. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and to see him so involved in the trailer and what he's going to be, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I can't wait. Because that's what 
June, July, The Flash? Uh, <clears throat> late June, early July, maybe, somewhere in that ballpark? I thought uh, so. I'll look yeah, it I up I was thinking eventually. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going. I can't fucking wait for that movie, even if we have to deal with Batfleck being in the movie. I just, I just, I'm here for Keaton. Just show me him <laughs> you know, walking around as Bruce. Like, I'm the better June 16th. No, I'm, but June 16th. Got to put that on my calendar. Can't wait. Um, so I'm going to end it with this, actually, because um, we're talking about comic books and The Flash. So during Sony's CinemaCon presentation a few days ago, Sony announced that a Craven the Hunter movie will hit theaters on October 6, 2023, and will be the first R-rated Marvel movie for Sony. During the panel, Aaron Taylor Johnson referred to the project as a Marvel movie grounded heavily in the real world, and he also said, fuck yeah, it'll be R-rated. So we're finally going to get our first R-rated Marvel movie featuring Craven the Hunter and Rhino in the movie. So well, that's kind of looking forward to that's it. That's a Sony, Sony movie. But still Marvel. You know, so still, still Marvel, still Sony. But I like the fact that we're getting an R-rated Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah but so is Deadpool. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I fucked up with that. So yeah. I don't know why they're saying this is the first R-rated Marvel movie. It's like because we have Deadpool. Because it's coming out I, before was it, <laughs> Yeah, I completely glossed over that. Because I was like, wait. Wait yeah, a second. But, I was like, first R-rated, but yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> I completely forgot. Yeah, but, Deadpool, but also, so uh, wasn't the wasn't the first Blade movie rated R as well? I thought it was PG-13. First one within. Uh, no, 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 God, no! Come on, you hear how many motherfuckers are in the movie Blade? Come on, it's <laughs> yeah. a waste. You can't get Wesley Snipes so, saying okay, motherfucker so, so many times. <laughs> so it's the first R-rated Sony Marvel movie, so. I stand corrected. The first Sony R-rated Marvel movie. Um, I but think they just mean by one of those standards of, were, like, the yeah. current Marvel films. Yeah. You know, like, that's what it is, you know? Okay. And plus, I mean, look, you know, even though it's Craven, it's going to connect to the, it's going to connect to the Venomverse. Um, yeah. Which, mm-hmm. you know, we know is a different universe than the MCU, but there has been bleed over with, you know, with No Way Home, so... Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen any of the teasers for it. I know that they're available like online, but I was like Craven the Hunter. Wow. And cause I always wanted to see a Craven the Hunter movie, you know, cause I always liked that character in the Spidey verse, you know, and I was like, ah, they never talk about Craven. Like, even in the rainy movies, even in the new incantations of it, there's never really any mention of Craven. And I was like, that's the baddest motherfucker in the Spidey verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's you know just bad motherfucker who just wants to hunt and kill Spider Man. <laughs> you know? Uh, we never got anything from Craven except for the comic book. So I'm definitely looking forward to it, you know, uh in October, which is cool. That you know, we have another movie. Yeah. You know, comic I mean I just wish they could have I mean I, I listen I it's nothing against Aaron Taylor Johnson or anything like that. But I mean this is now his third character within the Marvel universe. You know, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, Kick-Ass kick, kick is a Marvel character, yep. even if he's not an MCU character or even in the comic books. He's not in the same, you know, world as Spider-Man and all that. But, you know, and then he was, then he was fucking Quicksilver, and now, now we have Miss Craven, you know. And I know it's Sony, but it's still, like, I don't know. Can't they hire other people? <laughs> 
There's yeah. lots of muscle-bound men out there looking for work in movies. Pick <laughs> 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 one. There's a lot of. Oh, I know. There. We should get we should get Chris Evans to play the role. Oh no, wait. <laughs> no, yeah, he's kind of tied up. Chris Pratt. No way. Star Wars. <laughs> Going back to them. <laughs> you know. um, but we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. Jack um, Black as Craven the Hunter. <laughs> oh, that would be so fucking good. I would see that movie in a fucking second. Jack Black as Craven the Hunter. <laughs> And just fucking singing the entire time or something. I love you. Give me hey ha! I'm gonna get you, Spider Man. Spider Man. Just driving around in the van, singing the Spider Man theme song. Spider Man, Spider Man, gonna get that Spider Man. <laughs> Jack Black, I love you, is craving the hunter. Just out of shape. Just can't run more than a block without having to stop, take a breath. Like, can we just take a time out? Just need to think we need to take a time out and think about this. It's a lot of running I gotta do. <laughs> um all right, but well, that now that he's said, put the be, weight back on, you know, like yeah, it, it can't be can't be easy for him. He, he's back up. You know, like I've definitely noticed that. Yeah. He, he went through that period where he lost all the weight and now uh you can definitely see it in the Mando episode too. He uh he definitely oh, packed yeah. it on. And he, he fluffed up again. That's fine. All right. So, Monkey, uh, your film pick of the week is Constantine from 2005, directed by Francis Lawrence. Why don't you give us a synopsis, what you thought about it, and let's kick this thing off. All right. This is the story of John Constantine, a retired vampire hunter that really loves chocolate, who's now a satanic lawyer by day, but a male prostitute by night who travels through time on a surfboard to save the public bus system by hacking into the matrix with the help of a cybernetically enhanced dolphin who taught him the ways of the samurai also he could throw it away and go to a murderous rampage because someone killed his puppy. And he knows oh, who. Sorry. That, yeah. that, that's every yeah. Keanu Reeves movie. <laughs> Very well done, Monkey. Very well done. I really like that. That was great, yeah. That was nice. That's clutch. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, Constantine, a soldier in a... In the Catholic Church's war against hell, a war with very specific rules that leaves humankind trapped in the middle. But not everyone is playing by the rules because something is coming. Something so monstrous that it could wipe humanity off the planet, but possibly, also possibly topple the kingdoms of heaven and hell as well. And somehow John Wick is stuck in the middle of all of this. Um, but yeah, I picked this just because as soon as I heard the ghoul had not seen this, you know, I was like fucking Jericho. I was like, you just made that list. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, you know, um, I really enjoyed this movie. Like, this is one of those movies that was like, always on in my house back when I was raising the boys. Uh, so, you know, this was always like a Sunday afternoon, you know, family TV time, like right along with movies like The Mummy, Matrix, or Die Hard. Um, you know, but that was a while ago. I haven't seen this movie in quite a while, to be honest. Um, so catching back up, man, is like, yeah, I think this movie actually still holds up and is entertaining as, as it was. It's like the story is still solid. The creature designs are really nice, and the like the CGI is well balanced in my opinion, to where it's definitely not fucking Scorpion King shit. <laughs> um, you know, they tame it. Um, 
I also like the world that they built in this movie. Like, I, I like that the... I'm sure this movie had a huge budget, but I like how they shot the real world, you know, as looking very low budget, very, you know, minimal, uh, very, and yet very dirty at the same time. Just, I, I liked the look of all of that, you know. But, hmm. like, we're a horror podcast, and it's like, as far as a horror film, I definitely wouldn't consider this one horror. This is definitely more of an action movie than a horror film, you know. But we do get to see Shia LaBeouf die, so when? <laughs> um, but yeah, I picked this purely on the basis of I really want to hear what the ghoul has to say about this movie. <laughs> Alright, so cool. What do you think about Constantine? Well, I mean, first off, Monkey, I'm gonna say, I'm just going to say, uh, you know what? I consider this a horror movie. Um, I do too. It is, okay. It is, listed, yeah. it is listed as a horror film. Uh, you know, obviously, it's, it's it's kind of based off the Hellblazer comic. I know the John Constantine character. I just it, th- those were comics that I just I wasn't a big DC fan, so I never really followed that kind of stuff. Uh, didn't didn't read the the Hellblazer series. Um, Same here. I didn't. I never got out, into it either. You know, obviously, you know, we're we're coming right off of the Matrix. You know, that that is mm-hmm. absolutely what is going on here. You know, we, we have the, the last Matrix film was, uh, you know, was Revolutions in, 20, you know, in 2003. So, so this is two years later that this movie is coming out. And, uh, you know, you, this is coming out when the, 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 the Matrix films are wrapping up. And by that point, you know, with Keanu, for me, it was like watching the third Matrix film was kind of torturous. It was like, wow, you know, they built this fucking franchise that was so awesome. Mm-hmm. It like led up to this, this gigantic thing, and then it fucking felt like such a letdown. Um, you were also finishing up the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And, you know, the, 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 the X-Men movies were, like, really big at the time. And the Spider-Man films were going strong. And we were just getting, you know, the Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> You know, that was a fucking stink. Um, so we don't talk like, about that. Again, when you, and Superman Returns, you know, let's not forget that yeah. one. You know, like, like all, all of these we movies were all coming. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? I just rewatched that for the first time. It was in the 499 bin, uh, you know, in my, uh, in my on the Xbox. So I ended up grabbing it, rewatched it. And, you know, again, that movie really isn't as bad as, I like to think it is, you know, it really, and whatever you want to say, whatever your opinions are of Kevin, Spacey, was good. whatever the fuck occurred with him, you know, in his, in his personal life, whatever. He was fucking yeah. fantastic as Lex Luthor. He was great. It really did fucking, he evoked that Gene Hackman performance while also making mm-hmm. it his own all at the same time. So, so, you know, he was the only good thing about that movie with that. Yes, because everybody else is pretty much fucking atrocious. I mean, I'm sorry, Brandon Routh looks like Christopher Reeve, and that is the only reason why you (laughs) hire him as Superman. Everybody else is fucking horrible in that movie. How do you have Cal Penn in that movie and the actor doesn't even fucking say a word? Like, what the fuck? Why did (laughs) you even bother hiring him? Like, ooh, is he a brown guy? Okay, well, keep him quiet. Okay. Um, You know, he's only a comedian. You know, we might want to give him lines. 
nah, that'd be silly. So anyway, back to Constantine, nice. though. So yes, I have never, I've never seen this movie. Um, and and then, like I said, there were reasons why I kind of was just like, eh, didn't didn't have interest in it. My first experience with this character in live action was from the WB series. Um, yeah. And that portrayal was fucking fantastic. Um, yeah. He's sarcastic. Right. He's British. He's got like, you know what I mean? He's got all these, these, these things about him that it was like, okay. So now in my head, while we were coming to watch this, again, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, it's what I say about Keanu Reeves every time I see Keanu Reeves in anything. Any movie that gets made and Keanu Reeves is in it, it really comes down to whether or not Keanu Reeves is going to fit into that movie. Because you're going to get the same exact performance that you get with every film that Keanu Reeves is ever in. Like you said, when you went over your entire list of all of those films that Keanu was in, this is point break Keanu Reeves. You know, the only only time (laughs) I've ever seen Keanu do anything different is Bill and Ted, you know, which is just fucking bizarre because it's his old, you know, it's one of his old franchises, obviously. I don't count Parenthood. It's an ensemble movie, and he barely has any fucking lines in the movie. You know, he just helps, he helps fucking, you know, Joaquin Phoenix stop jerking off. Um, (laughs) But, you know, because because his mom, Diane Weiss, can't fucking handle his business. Oh, uh, you know, it was before Team Skeet started doing the stepmom porn and shit. Uh, so, so anyway, my point being is it's always whether or not Keanu Reeves is going to fit the character. So now automatically coming to watch this, I'm saying to myself, no, because my, my idea of this character is now based on the WB version of the character. And, you know, the times I've run into him in video games or, or other things that I've, I've seen him in. Um, but he's not terrible. You know, but this is one of those cases in which they were trying to make a movie, they were trying to make a film using, you know, high-budget, Oscar-winning, you know, Rachel Weisz, you know, coming in here, um, there's an actress to make a legitimate film. We're going to make a legitimate comic book movie. That's why they used, you know, something like this as opposed to, you know, a bigger-known film like a Superman or a Batman or something to that effect. The movie has good points about it. Neither of them are it. Um, I feel like if you gave me two, <laughs> if you give me two actors in those in those positions, I would find this more believable. But instead, I'm watching Rachel Weisz and I'm watching Keanu Reeves, and I'm saying, "Wow, you know, like I don't feel like Keanu Reeves is John Constantine. I don't feel like Rachel Weisz is anybody but Rachel Weisz. You know, I don't feel like she's Isabel. I don't feel like she's Angela. You know, uh, uh, I, I want to. I even like Shia LaBeouf in this movie. You know, I'm like, wow, look, look Shia LaBeouf. Why? Because it's the early 2000s, and they were trying to shove him up everybody's ass. You know, because hey, yeah, he's right. going to be the next big fucking thing. But then, then he just did it and fucking got drunk and started fucking up on people and shit like that and, and pretty much lost the entire Plus, he started, be- Plus he started pre- believing his own hype, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, this is also pre-Transformers. So, you know what? This is before his mm-hmm. hype. To, to be honest with you, it really is. Sure. This is before the hype it was the started for Shia LaBeouf. Um, but, yeah, so, so I thank you. Thank you. Because, again, I just bought this movie not for this viewing. I actually bought this a couple weeks ago. This, too, was in the four ninety nine bin. And I'm like, oh, it's Constantine. You, you know what? I never see it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to eventually watch it. And then you went and picked it. So, like, it, it forced me to actually watch them. I can't tell you how many movies I have on my Xbox that I buy, and I've still never gotten around to watching. 
I didn't hate it, didn't love it. The special effects eh, at times were good. A lot of the digital effects, I know you said you thought they were decent. I thought they were fucking atrocious, man. A lot of this shit looked like something out of an Evanescence. It looked like an Evanescence video, man. Like I was waiting for fucking Amy <laughs> to like pop up and then Ben Moody with the guitar, you know, wake me up. Wake me up. Wake me up. You know, like I was just, just yeah, you know, see Keanu Reeves like stand up on top of the building and do the fucking, you know, arms spread fucking wide. Oh, there you go. It was like a Creed video. That's also what it had, you know, like fucking, wide open, you know, Keanu Reeves and he's like, with all wide open. Like, fucking doing that shit. But, but yeah, again, did I enjoy the movie? Yes. When all was said and done, I was like, hey, this was a, it was a fun movie to watch, but they weren't fun to watch. Give me other actors, and, I, and I'll be good to go with them. And I know we're getting the character. Well, I know we're coming back with them, so we'll, we'll see what they bring us. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and I saw this movie in the theaters back in 2005. I played the video game. I had the novelization. I was a big uh, Hellblazer fan. Um, I know a lot of people are like, well, he doesn't have the blonde hair and the trench coat. It's Keanu Reeves. I mean, just when you go to see a Keanu Reeves movie, you're going to get Keanu Reeves, like Gould just said. You know, that's what you're going to get in this movie. <clears throat> but I like what they did with, with Hell, uh, the demons the possessing people, the fact that there's half-breed angels like Gabriel and Balthazar um, and Peter Stormare showing up as Lucifer you know, in a pure white fucking suit and just dripping black oil everywhere. I was like, this is R.I.P. too. I mean, he just one. recently died, you know? Yeah, yep. Um, you know, definitely not my favorite Satan in the movie, but it, it's great to see him in this movie because he's playing against Tyson wearing that bright white suit, and we'll get to that. Because um, they originally wanted him to wear, like, a dog collar and black S&M things, and he's like, no, I just want to wear a white suit and just be dripping with oil. So they went with that, but... Um, but I'm a fan of Constantine, like I am. I, I love this movie. Um, I'm looking forward to the sequel, but let's get into the movie itself. So the movie opens up with a quote, he who possesses the spear of destiny holds the fate of the world in their hands. We also find out that the spear has been missing since the end of World War II. So we cut to Mexico, where a scavenger recovers the tip of the spear, found it, that pierced Jesus Christ from a ruined church. He takes a spear and begins to leave his casual friend behind, but not before being smashed by a car. Not a problem, though. He's fine. And he's going to head <laughs> off to the City of Angels. Los Angeles, baby. <laughs> no, then also, he jumps up like, like, he jumps up like Zoe. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm cool. I'm cool. Still got to go on a mission. Um, so we cut to... Los Angeles, and that's where we meet cynical occult expert John Constantine and his cabbie friend, Chaz Kramer. John shows up in an apartment where a girl is possessed by a demon. After introducing himself to the demon and punching it in the throat, John asks for a large mirror and tells Chaz to move the cab. So a large mirror is brought in and it's lifted over the bed. After John whispers some Latin, the demon shows itself and gets trapped in the mirror. John manages to push the mirror out of the window just before the demon can escape, and it comes crashing down onto the hood of the cab. Once the exorcism is complete, John sees a drawing of the spear and takes it with him. And that's when we go with John back to the place where he lived, which is above a bowling alley owned by B-Man. And then we meet Detective Angela Dodson, who is giving confession in church. She shot a guy to death that's and was laying on her. Angela Dodson. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. My bad. 
Yeah, I know. So, yep. See, nobody cares. Dodson. So, well, I'm here with Dodson. <laughs> okay, Nedry. <laughs> yeah. So we then cut so, to her. Ghoul, you're not, a, you're not a fan of her, Ghoul? Oh, Rachel Weiss? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, listen, as an actress, no, I like her. But it's just her act. She, okay, so, like, I love her in The Mummy, you know, especially the first yeah. Mummy movie. Um, you know, I think by the second Mummy movie, you know, she was, like, after fucking um, A Brilliant Mind, you know, where I feel, cause I'm pretty sure that's the one she won the Oscar for. Um, yeah, she did. You know, it was like... She's one of those actresses when she's not trying to be an Academy Award-winning actress, Rachel Weisz. She's fucking fantastic. But, like, in this movie, it's not even that she's trying to be Academy Award-winning Rachel Weisz. She's just collecting a check here. She's not really trying. So, you know, she's evil. just kind of – they were like, hey, we're going to give you more than one role. We're going to give you two roles. You know, you're going to play you, and you're going to play your sister. And she was Extra like, oh, money. More, screen time, more screen time for me? Give me money. You know, boop, 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 money truck. Um, so <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's, all, that's all it really is. You know, like I just, it's, it, it, it was bothersome. But again, it's because for me, I'm not separating her and seeing her as anything other than Rachel Weisz. You know, when I see movies like this, I want to like turn that off and be like, you know, that's not Keanu Reeves. That's John Constantine. You know, that's that's, that's mm-hmm. Angela, you know, Dotson. That's not Rachel Weisz, you know. When I look at B-Man, I see B-Man. When, when you see Stromare, you know what I mean? I see Satan. Um, like, and I know it's, yeah. and, you know, of course, so the first thing in my head is like, oh, all you American cowboys, this is how Russian astronauts do things. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, too, he's such a character actor that I see him as yeah. Satan, you know, and it works. Fucking uh, the the actress playing Gabriel. You know, I'm sorry, but as soon as I see her in anything, I know she's the fucking villain. Because that woman's just fucking, she just looks like a villain. Like, if this movie was made (laughs) in the 90s, that's David David Bowie. You know what I mean? That's who they're using here. (laughs) Like, she's got that androgynous-like thing about her that just works very well. I know she's the ancient one or whatever it was in fucking Doctor Strange. But I knew she was going to be a villain in that one, too. Kind of. She kind of is. You know, she's not, but yeah. she is. Yeah. She still did things incorrectly. Uh, but, but yeah, so, but, like, she was fantastic. You know, like, I loved her, and, again, like I said, I liked LaBeouf. Like, I liked everybody else in this movie except for these two people, and that's what sucks because they're our main characters. <laughs> I'm supposed to like them. Mm-hmm. So, okay. cut to her twin, uh, Andrew's twin sister, Isabel, who's in a psych hospital. She quickly makes her way to the rooftop and takes a real leap of faith off the roof and into a pool below. Nailed the landing and she's death. And that's Woo-hoo! what causes Angela to start awake in her sleep. And then we see John wake up and cough up blood into a sink before heading to the hospital where he finds out he has an aggressive lung cancer from all those cigarettes he loves so much. Just can't get away from him. So we cut back to the psych hospital. Angela is investigating the death of Isabel, and Angela refuses to believe her sister, a devout Catholic, would commit suicide and condemn herself to hell. Meanwhile, we cut back to that scavenger from earlier. He's still walking around with that dagger, killing all the animals as he walks. And then we go back to John's apartment where B-Man drops off some gifts, like the bullet shavings from an assassination attempt on the Pope, a screeching beetle from Amityville, and a fun weapon oh, known no, as the, Dragon's Breath. The Pope is dead. <laughs> we have a new no, no, the Pope. 
Hey, and the, the monkey knows how much I've been practicing my Italian. So good on you for that. Duolingo. Great site. <laughs> <laughs> so that night, John arrives at a lavish mansion where he encounters Angela. She's there to see a priest regarding her sister's suicide, while John is there to meet with Gabriel, a half-breed angel. John's looking for an extension on his life. Since he's been sending demons back to hell, he feels he's entitled. But Gabriel informs him that doing good deeds for selfish endeavors won't land him a gold ticket to heaven. John thinks he's cursed and maybe didn't do enough for God. Gabriel tells him he's going to die because he smokes 30 cigarettes a day. He's going to hell because of the life choice. He's fucked. So then we come well, back to uh, Angela. I do like, I like his wording. Um, yeah. You know, because of the light, like we don't know yet what John did or who John killed. And, you know, that's one of those where it's like, okay, like I get that they were kind of like trying to build it up as a surprise. I feel like if this movie was made today, they probably would have opened with that to give you an introduction to John, to give you the character pathos right from the start, rather than it be kind of a surprise. But see, they're still building that surprise here. And she says, you know, you're going to hell for the life you took. Not Mm -hmm. saying who it is. So, like, for me, like, my initial thought is, Oh, he killed somebody. Who did he kill? um, Exactly. But I'm figuring he had a good reason for doing it. But, you know, in the eyes of God, you know, whatever the situation was, it's, you know, it's it's still a life. So why did you do it? Mm Mm-hmm. So Angela watches security footage of her sister's death, and she hears Isabel say Constantine. And then all of a sudden all her phones begin to ring, and a swarm of (laughs) demonic bugs outside take the shape of a man and assault John and tell him to mind his own business, so he kills the bug demon man and decides he needs to go visit Papa Midnight. To get into Papa Midnight, you have to tell the bouncer what's on the back of a card he shows you. John gets in easily by saying, two frogs on a bench. Chaz tries to get in by saying, frogs on a bench, that's not the way in. So he's fucked and has to wait outside for John as he goes into Papa Midnight. And when John meets with Papa Midnight, and tells him that a demon attacked him right out in the open. He's not, not sure Papa how. Pizza. He, not Papa Pizza. No, not Papa Pizza. He tells Midnight. <laughs> he tells Midnight that he needs to use a chair, but Midnight tells John that he's neutral. And that's when Balthazar shows up, another half-breed angel who looks like Patrick Bateman and played by that guy from Bush, Kevin Rossdale. So, yeah, kind of quick. <laughs> oh, that's who he was. Okay. You know what? Like, I can't yeah. him, and I'm like, trying to figure out who he is. He's got like that, like uh, like with this particular look, it's almost like, uh, I want to say like a young Armando Sante look going. Um, yeah, now, yeah. Now, now, I, now I recognize him. It's Gavin Rossdale. So after making an uncomfortable sexual advance on John, knowing that his days are numbered, John is forced out of Midnight's office because Balthazar and Midnight have a meeting to hold that doesn't include Constantine. Later, Angela seeks out John's assistance. He doesn't seem too interested, so she leaves as John sees a swarm of demons fly past the windows of his apartment. He manages to cup up with her outside, and he talks about a bet made between God and the devil and how people can be pushed to do things. Angela doesn't believe in the devil, but John tells her she should because the devil believes in you. That's kind of God believes in you. I, lo- I love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, such a, Thank you. You know, I love that Thank line. Thank you. <laughs> he should. He doesn't listen here. Um, <laughs> At that moment, <clears throat> all the street lights begin to turn off. A swarm of demons show up, so John wraps his hand in a religious cloth and lights it on fire. The demons all turn to ash and vanish. Angela is in disbelief and steadfast that Isabel didn't kill herself. So 
So John tells her he's going to find out if she's in hell. But to get to hell, John needs to put his feet into a pot of boiling water and stare into her cat's eyes. Uh, the cat is half in the living world and half in the spirit world. And she no, it's because cats either. are fucking evil. That's why. It has nothing to do with the that. realm. It's because, it's because cats are little fucking terrors, man. <laughs> so he puts his shoes into the, the hot water. He stares into the cat's eyes and damn John's in hell, which is super windy and looks like an apocalyptic landscape overflowing with demons. He finds Isabel. He manages to grab her wrist ID from the hospital as she regrets her suicide as demons come running to attack them both. John comes back from hell and gives Angela the ID and tells her sister is damned. So then we cut back to the morgue where Constantine's friend, Father Hennessy, from the apartment exorcism earlier, discovers a symbol on Isabel's wrist. He freaks out and then tries to drink all the alcohol he can find. But he can't find a single drop because all the bottles are not giving him the alcohol he needs. They just freeze right before it touches his lips. And well, that's yeah, when we no, see Balthazar well, show. The bottles have the liquid in them. They just, it's not coming out and going into his mouth. Exactly. So they freeze. Thinks, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, they, it's his portrayal of hell. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. He says, yeah. like, what kind, of, you know, what kind of place is this? Like, for him being an alcoholic, this, this would be hell. Access to every single fucking bottle around, but you can't get a drop <laughs> yeah. of fucking what you really want, you know? Um, that's my yeah, Like I said, I, I, this, this is like one of the he's, – he's one of those character actors that, like, I love in everything I see him in. Like, the first time I remember seeing yes. this guy was, like, you know, like, the first time, like, I registered seeing him identity. was in Identity. Uh-huh. And, yes. like, yep. he just makes you uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, there's something about him that's, like, just shifty. He seems like he's just always got something going on. You know, and what, what's funny is, is, like, at a later point, I ended up realizing that he's also somebody else I do know from another movie, which is uh, Natural Born Killers. He's one of the cops. Yep. He's, like, one of the, the mm-hmm. deputies or yep. some shit in the movie, if I remember right. Yep. Um, but, yeah, anytime right. I see him, it's just auto- an automatic unease. So, like, you know, I see him, and it's like everything about him makes sense in, in the role in this movie. Like, I feel like the casting choices were great, except for who your lead characters are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, hey, it's yeah. just, hey, you know, like, we got Keanu Reeves. We got Rachel Wise. This is great on paper. You know, but they don't, they're not comic book yeah, actors. Yeah, we better hire some real actors to support these motherfuckers, not the rest of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Father Hennessy is great. The actor is great. Like, it's just the fact that he always has his eyes moving. Like, if you notice, mm-hmm. like, his, his eyes are always darting back and forth. Uh, even in Identity and Natural Born Killers, um, the Balthazar shows up at the liquor store and kills him, but not before he carves a symbol into his hand. So while making food, John tells Angela that as a teen he saw things that he shouldn't have, supernatural things. So he tried to kill himself. He was brought back and realized that everything has been seen is real. He spent his life sending half-breed demons back to hell for breaking the rules established by heaven and hell. Angela then gets a call to report that to the Hennessy murder scene, John's allowed inside and spots a symbol carved in Hennessy's hand. He makes an imprint of it and takes it with him. He then reports this to B-Man to look into. So we later cut back to Angela, who finds a clue hidden in Isabel's hospital room concerning a chapter of hell in their Bible, which was written on the window and revealed by Angela's breath. 
Once out of the hospital, the pair call B-Man, who tells him that the symbol represents the Antichrist Mammon. It was for son, and this chapter prophesizes him usurping his father and conquering the earth using a powerful psychic and divine assistance, the psychic Isabel, who killed herself to stop Mammon. B-Man realizes something is wrong. And also a little bit of help from God. (laughs) Don't forget that part. (laughs) 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 And I love that. You know, the fact that they had like just a little bit of Scotia help from God, (laughs) you know, with Mammon, (laughs) you know, usurping Lucifer and Satan (laughs) to become the one to conquer Earth. Um, So once B-Man realizes something is wrong, John and Angela race back to John's apartment to find B-Man dead. Angela then reveals she possessed powers like Isabel's, but repressed them to avoid being deemed insane like her sister. John then decides he needs to help Angela reawaken her powers by inducing a near-death experience where she lays in the tub and John holds her underwater. Like, this is the most... Oh, no, he doesn't, no, he doesn't tell her anything, okay? He just says, hey, we've got to sit there and get... You know, give you the crash course about how to be able to see shit like your sister did. He doesn't say anything yeah. about we're going to give you a near death experience or nothing. He said we're just going to give you the. I'm crash giving course. it to the audience. All right, like, I'm explaining <laughs> it as how I saw it to the audience. Not that it's in the movie where he says it. I'm explaining it as I saw it in the movie. And I put it in my notes. Um, it's uncomfortable as fuck because once she's you like mean writing the tub and she's looking at him, and all of a sudden she's like, "Oh fuck! Oh fuck!" You know, and she starts thrashing around in the water, kicking that tub open, and the water shoots up, and she lands inside of the tub, and she's smoking. And she's like, okay, I got it. <laughs> you know, powers are back. I got it. We're good. Um, <laughs> she saw hell, now has her powers back, and using these new powers, she finds a coin Balthazar keeps on him in the spot where B-Man's body was found, and the hunt for Balthazar is now officially on, y'all. Oh, yeah. And John knows exactly where to go. He knows where to find Balthazar, and that's where he confronts him and interrogates him, and not before burning him with his cool Holy Cross shotgun and punching him with the religious brass knuckles. Like, got double weapons, bitch. I like the knuckles. <laughs> yeah, the knuckles were cool, and I love like, the shotgun. I was bored of this, bitch. Like, you know, this ain't shit to me. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, fine, fuck you. And, and then there's holy water at him, and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then, then, then he turns, into, demon a, face then he turns yeah. into a creature yeah. from the fucking V television series. Yeah. <laughs> he looks exactly like a V fucking alien. I fucking love it. When he's fucking half human and half fucking V alien, he's like, all right, I guess I'll tell you. You know, then he warns that the blood of Christ on the tip spear is Mammon's divine assistance. And Angela has been chosen as his new host. And then I love the fact that when John leaves and you see there's just an eye of a human Balthazar and there's the eye of the, the demon Balthazar. And he's like, okay, uh, I guess I can repent now and you can put me back together and we can go back to hell. But the unseen force just decides, yeah, I'm fucking done with you. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he just gets yeah, <laughs> because the face is so wait, the, not, the face is broken up into little pieces, and you actually see his mouth moving in one part here, another part of the mouth <laughs> yeah. over there. Oh, oh. <laughs> and he's just now, so ready to fucking go. A weird question, right? Yeah. So the idea yeah. is that the, the the tip of the spear, yeah, just the tip, yeah. um, mm-hmm. just tip, had <laughs> Christ's blood on it. And that's why yeah. it, it does what it does. Except mm-hmm. when 
So wait, are we trying to say that the Catholic Church, when they say that cup has the blood of Christ, like does that not really count then? Because otherwise, wouldn't that That's just mean they could just? I know, but, they, but the idea is it's representative of the blood of Christ because it's been ordained through the priesthood and all that stuff. So if that's yeah. not real, then the, if, nope. it is, if it is real, then they should just be able to use that. that but it's not real comfortable. because that's the that's thing. Religion's not real. So therefore, that Catholic symbolism does not work. Symbolism? Symbolism. Symbolism. Um, uh, you know, John says that you know he does believe, and I think it was the uh, I think it was, it was the broker or whatever who says no, you know, and that's the difference. Yeah. You know, because John has yep. died and he's seen hell. He knows that God exists. He knows that the devil exists. It's not a matter yes. of belief. There was never a point where he believed it. He just simply knows it. So I do like the fact that they, they kind of made that a distinction. Oh, absolutely. And I love that God's like a playful fucking creature in this universe where God just kind of picks and chooses oh. his fucking battles. Well, it's Alanis Morissette, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, Alanis Morissette was kind. Like this God in constant universe is like, I'm going to fuck with this guy today. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's the God in this universe. Yeah. Yeah, He's a lot of course it just wanted to play skee ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot more than that. Um, so she, she blew up part of his head, <laughs> which was great. I, I love, <laughs> love that scene, and I love when Jay blows up the fucking wings of Loki. He's like, "You fucked us all." And he's like, "Whatever." <laughs> you can't shoot off their wings. <laughs> you just made him mortal. Um, so. Angela ends up getting kidnapped by an unseen force, and with the help of Papa Midnight and his chair, which is an electric chair from Sing Sing, John induces visions to locate Angela at the mental hospital. So along with Chaz, John, John arms himself and assaults the building, battling through hordes of demons to Angela. John and Chaz seemingly exercise Mammon from her, but Chaz gets killed by the unseen force, real big air room. Like, all right, he's dead. We're good. No longer have to see Shia LaBeouf in this movie. He's gone. <laughs> He's like, it's not like the books, is it? He's like, no, not really, motherfucker. <laughs> I know. But seeing Keanu Reeves try to emote in that scene, I fucking, I was dying. Like, I had to pause because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> like, he wasn't upset. He wasn't mad. He's like, oh, damn. <laughs> That's all you can muster for this kid that you've been driving around? Like, Shut you know, and just talking I'm to. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was such a like a weird moment where he's just like, "Oh damn, he's dead." I know what I'm gonna do with that. So, um, Gabriel reveals yeah, himself. Yeah, he couldn't and, even muster, he couldn't even muster a whoa. <laughs> I know. Whoa, he died. Nope, can't do that. Um, so Gabriel back. reveals herself to be the entity that kidnapped Angela and also killed Chaz. Ba, 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 She's who was right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I honestly, I love this this uh, scene of Gabriel <clears throat> because she's resentful at God's favoritism for humanity, and she's saying like He fucking forgives everybody. Like you could kill a billion fucking people, and all you got to do is say, "Hey, God, my bad." And I'm like, nah, that's cool. Go to heaven. You get a pass. <laughs> and she's like, that's not how it should be. No. 
That's not how it is, though. That's not how it is. You have to, you have to absolve for your sins. You have to go to church. You know, you have to fucking, you have to ask for forgiveness. You know, and it has to be granted. Um, you know, but you know, you what piss me off here is, is, you know, unfortunately, this whole thing is literally dogma. You know, the whole purpose yes, of dogma yes. <laughs> was fucking, you As know, yep. two angels were pissed off because they were fucking treated unfairly and banished to earth from fucking by God, you know, who who favorites the humans, you know, and you got fucking, you know, Lucifer fucking rolling around, fucking Jason Lee, you know, be with uh, Hell House, no fucking fear. Well, he was Azra. He was He was a fucking demon, man. <laughs> okay, but, but it's still it's all the exact same fucking concept, and and that I guess kind of was I wasn't expecting that, which was kind of like I guess I guess a bummer because I've seen this story. You know, this movie's lacking a shit demon. Yeah, I and mean, we got a bug demon. Yeah. You know? but, but we had the fucking the shit demon. We had the Golgothan, bro. Mm-hmm. Not of man, yeah, it, born it's... of shit. But every time it's brought up, I'm like, you know, it makes a great fucking argument because that's what I was always told in CCD is that it doesn't matter the sins that you have. If you are dying and you tell God, I am so sorry for everything that I did, you get a fucking free pass to heaven. I'm like, well, how does that fucking work? So if I fucking murder a bunch of people and I'm like, oh, by the way, my bad, that's on me. God's going to be like, all right, come on to heaven. Like, No, you go to hell, (laughs) you know. So that was like my early days in CCD. I'm like, I don't get it. I just don't understand. So you just get a free pass if you say, my bad? And yep. that's why I like Gabriel in this moment saying, no, they're not worthy of heaven. And I'm going to bring hell on earth and make it shown that everybody who's worthy of going to heaven is going to go. And everybody that's not, go to hell. So I like that argument that you made. because It's true. So God's just going to be like, no, no, no. I know you stabbed those old people and then you raped that whole bunch of fucking school kids, but hey, if you say you're sorry, come on. <laughs> nope. It's not good. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, we have to remember this too, though, right? So, so God at one point did, you know, in, in Scripture state that the laws that man set forth will be honored in heaven. So if that is the case, regardless of your forgiveness, you know, like – when somebody gets, let's say, triple life sentences for what they do, you know, mm-hmm. it's the event that God is real and the laws that we set forth as man are to carry over, then those people are not getting forgiven. They've got multiple sentences, you know, longer times to serve, so to say. Yeah, and it also, know, like, you have it to believe the conversation in purgatory. <laughs> Which, no, no, I just, I just know. <laughs> <laughs> but again, yeah, it involved the conversation of purgatory, which, you know, growing up Catholic, I was always taught that was like the kind of waiting room for heaven. Like, if God was a I am a patient boy. I wait, I wait. <laughs> you could just fucking hang out in purgatory, which is like a doctor's waiting room. <laughs> you just fucking hang out. And... God. Yeah, like, God. like Beetlejuice. It's Mobile Station. Keanu Reeves was there in the uh, in the third Matrix movie. You know, he met the train man there. Yeah. <laughs> so Gabriel decides she's going to use the spear to bring about mammon and bring about the end of the earth. So desperate, John commits suicide yeah. by slitting his wrists. 
knowing that Lucifer will personally come to collect him. Time pauses, and Constantine convinces Lucifer to intervene and stop Mammon. And this is where we get Peter Stormare as Lucifer showing up, drifting down from the sky, wearing a white suit, dripping with black oil, <laughs> and sitting with his boy Constantine, who he's wanted for the longest fucking time. He's like, I finally got you. You're going to come with me. Everything's going to work out. And he's like, yeah, but in the next room, Gabriel's trying to fucking bring about Mad Men. He's like, really? He's like, if you don't believe me, go check it out. And he's like, I think I will. <laughs> he goes into the next room, bursting glass everywhere, and he sees Gabriel about to stab the spear into Angela. And he's like, I don't like that. So he immediately manages to stop Gabriel by burning off her wings, I'll turning into a mortal. <laughs> and, and it's, his world. it's his world. It's so we see his world. Mammon... Not his son. His son will get his time. <laughs> yeah. So we see Mammon in the water and gets exercised back to hell. So Mammon gets back to hell. Lucifer's like, all right, I cleared everything up, so we're good. I took off Gabriel's wings, sent Mammon back to hell. So Lucifer offers to restore John to life for his assistance. But John instead asks that Isabel be sent to heaven. And real quick, I love Lucifer. He's like, looking up at the sky. Okay, done. What else? <laughs> you know, what else do you want from me, John? And John, through that act, begins ascending to heaven, giving Lucifer the finger as he does. And Lucifer's like, all right, no, we're not doing this. All right? We're not doing this shit. God does not get you. So infuriated, Lucifer restores John to life by removing his lung cancer believing that in time he will prove he belongs in hell. And that's when John enters the... And he says to him, I will see you in 20 years, okay? So if they were (laughs) going to do a Constantine 2, they have to do it right now because the first movie came out in 2004, so they got to sit there and shoot for... Yeah, so they got to get everything wrapped up for a 2024 release so we can actually have them going back to back 20 years later. I would love it. Yeah, I would definitely love it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how they do it. Bring back Storm Mayer's Lucifer. You know, bring back the final act of John Constantine. Um, so he is, he has the cancer ripped out of him. And I love when he, when Satan puts his fucking fists into John's chest and he pulls out the fucking cancer and there's black, inky looking fucking blobs on his hands. And he's like, see, now you're human again. You're fine. No more cancer. Go back to smoking in the cigarettes. And he's like, oh, no. Thank you. <laughs> that was cool. So Lucifer leaves, <laughs> and John goes back to the pool where Gabriel was in the pool, and she says, you can kill me now. Just kill me. Like, I have the holy shotgun. Kill me. Do the job. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And he just punches her instead. He's like, how's that feel? Like, oh, shit, pain, because I'm fucking mortal. And I just love the look of her with those wings cut off, and you just see them on the back. <laughs> it's just, they're cut off. She's mortal now. And she's like, you could have shot me. And he's like, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm not going to do See, that. See, you, you chose the right path. You did the right thing. That was my doing, John Constantine. You can thank me. <laughs> <laughs> Forever taking the credit for him being good and not killing her, <laughs> you know, knowing that's not the right move. So after he does that, we cut to a rooftop where John entrusts the spear to Angela securing it with her. And then in the post credit scene, John visits Chaz's grave and witnesses Chaz in an angelic form, which I fucking laugh at every single time I see this movie. Because it's like, 
I'm a serious guy now. I'm an angel. I'm wearing uh-huh. white. <laughs> like the look on his face is like, hey, so <laughs> It's not like, hey, I got smiles and I'm an angel now. He looks fucking mad. Like, damn it, I want to be in hell. That's where the party's at. Huh? Yeah, well, we we don't know exactly. Maybe are we gonna? Do we know anything about this sequel that's being made? Do we know if Shia's coming back? Do we know if Rachel's coming back? Or is it just that it's gonna be Keanu? From what we know, it's definitely gonna be Keanu. All no other details have been released yet, as far as I know. Yeah, I've only heard Keanu as well. <laughs> you know, and that the director really wanted to to make this and. It's funny because uh, the the holy shotgun that Keanu has, he actually bought it from the production team and gave it to the director at the end of filming. He's like, this is yours now. <laughs> Thanks for having me out. <laughs> he just seems like such Take a fucking sweet guy. Like, I, like, he just seems like he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. Like, Keanu Reeves just nice all the time. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I'm just, I, I love the fact that I saw that. I was like, he just seems like that guy. Never has a bad day. Always hanging out, always being Keanu. And to see that, I think that's nice. Because, you know, if Nick Cage was in the role, which they originally wanted Nick Cage for this role, he'd be like, I'm taking everything. Taking everything. My <laughs> I want to be Superman my yeah, well, that... in a light-up suit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is Keanu Reeves really is a nice person. It's like in real life. He, you know, he actually is kind yeah. and nice. And and it's just, if they had cast Cage in here, yes, it would have been a fun movie. But, yeah, it definitely would have would been, been a completely different, over-the-top movie, you know, insane as fuck. You know, uh, well, I don't know, though, because <laughs> when we think about it, you know, the movies that Cage was putting out at that time, though, you know, he – he was doing the more laid-back cage, you know, because Con Air and National Treasure and shit like that. Yeah. We, well, you know, we weren't really category. getting rage cage yet. <laughs> oh, well, because he didn't know a lot of money yet. Well, he was always... Yeah, right. Well, I mean, listen, Con Air, Con Air was 1997, so, I mean, Con Air was plenty yep. of years prior. He's always been rage oh, okay. cage. There's never been a, a time that he wasn't rage cage. I'm pretty sure we had Ghost Rider around this point. It has to be around this time, yeah. Like Ghost Rider has to be like uh, mid 2000. Ghost Rider is like three years after this, so okay, so 2007. So we're in that in between. So yeah, two years after this, uh, we get Ghost Rider the first one. So, but yeah, I mean, Cage has always been Cage, <laughs> you know. But like we said about Keanu <laughs> being Keanu, like we just you know, my character you can appreciate. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and I brought up River's Edge earlier as being like a non-kind of counter movie. But then I think about it, I'm like, no, he was kind of like Bill and Ted in River's Edge. Except Christopher Glover was there going, oh, my God, man, we're going to hide the body. <laughs> and just acting his fucking ass off in that movie. I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie, but, yeah, it, it's a fantastic covered movie. It. Didn't we cover it on the show? Did we cover River's Edge? I'm pretty sure somebody here picked River's Edge. That's what we watched it, yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to go back in the, the, the archives. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that. I know we've talked about it like here and there. I know we've talked about it here and there because I fucking love River's Edge, but uh, wow. We covered uh, well, it. Well, was positive. That's one of your picks, man. Probably was. <laughs> always <laughs> always professional here at 
you know, talking terror. Because I love those stupid fucking movies. You can listen to an episode where we talk the movie that we don't remember anymore. It's, it's, it's been so long. We did the relaunch in 2017. I actually still get those memories. Like, I got one today where it's like, okay, we're covering Rabbit. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was the first episode of the relaunch back in 2017. I was like, has it been that fucking long? God damn. <laughs> We've been doing this forever. <laughs> Talking to her never stops, and I love it. Um, but as we close out the episode tonight, uh, Dean is slowly coming back next week. Uh, you know, his, his uh, you know, calendar cleared up. He's going to come back next week. He has the next week's pick, but he didn't tell us what it is, so it's a mystery one. So I can't even tell you what it is. He's off the I wonder if it's Assassination High School Part 2. It's going to be some Hong Kong movie because we have like 50% of the Hong Kong right now. <laughs> that was I know, Ash I'm making class. a joke. Ass class. <laughs> so, uh, as of right now, we don't have a pick from the Dean. I'll reach out to him and, and figure it out. So, we're going to be covering the Dean pick next week. Um, so, as for that, uh, Mucky, thank you so much for the pick of Constantine. Why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? <laughs> Thanks for listening and letting me come in your ears. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. All right. Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Uh, you know, uh, everybody stay uh, stay frosty. Try to stay out of hell and uh, avoid electric chairs. Stay frosty if you can. Stay frosty, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, uh, stay, stay scared. Okay, stay scared. <laughs> but it was in the yeah, antique an shop. I had to try it out. Stay frosty. <laughs> yeah. oh, we're like the millennials now. Stay frosty, y'all. <laughs> and as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror Entity, thanking you so much for listening to this episode of Constantine. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, the dinner will be back. I thought we were talking well. terror. <laughs> We are. We are a lot of things. We are Legion. We are talking terror. Anyway, as I always say on the show, hail Satan. Sure. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Watch horror movies. Keep America strong. We love you. We'll see you back here next week. The Dean's back. <laughs>